Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. I want to talk about kind of God's blessing in a way through his ways. So Psalm 128 verse 1 says, it's a very short verse, how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. How blessed is everyone, anyone who chooses to, who they fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Now, um, over my lifetime, as I've studied a lot on the fear of the Lord over years, I come to a little bit of my own understanding, how I can understand it in my simple terms, what the fear of the Lord is. And to me, it is having um, to place more value on what God thinks than what people thinks. People think. People think. Including my own opinions. To place more value on what God thinks than what anyone else does or even myself, even my own opinion. So I'm, I am trumping everything else on what God thinks, how he feels about something, his ways over every other way. So it says you're blessed if you fear the Lord, if you care more about what he thinks than anyone else, and you walk in his ways. That word blessed also is like a conglomeration of several things, amalgamation of a few different things. One of them is um, blessing means to have an increase in joy and peacefulness and the favor of God. An increase in joy and peacefulness and the favor of God. How does that sound? All those sound really good. So you have an increase in joy, peace, and favor of, with God and from God for those who care more about what he thinks than anyone else and who walk in his ways, his ways of doing things. And that is a big deal because we all have ideas and every person in the world has ideas of which is the right way or the way they want to walk. But there are God's ways, and we all know this. There are God's ways of doing things. And man, are they often the opposite of my way. The opposite of the world's way, for sure. A lot different. But we want to know his ways. Isaiah 55 says that God's ways are not our ways, actually. But that, I think, is speaking to people who are unredeemed, and don't have the spirit of God on the inside. Once that starts taking place, his ways become our ways. And we can start to change. And so that's part of this process in life as children of God is following his ways, learning what he likes, listening and applying his ways to our life instead of me, you know, choosing my own desires, my own thoughts, my own ways and overriding what God says. And I want the Holy Spirit to change me. Um, in Romans 8, 29, it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So one of the desires of God and the goals of life is to become conformed to the image of Jesus. And one of the, the tests I would say I, I put on myself and I kind of want to look in the mirror in this way, is annually, at least, 
am I looking more like Jesus than I looked the year before? And that speaks of my behavior, my thought patterns, the way I treat people, the way that I love. Am I more Christ-like than I used to be? God is about transforming us to become Christ-like. That's one of our goals. That is a beautiful goal. Has anyone ever told you, wow, you are Christ-like? I want to hear that. Hopefully you want to hear that. That would be the highest compliment of all time, that you are Christ-like. That is where we're headed. That is what the Holy Spirit is actively doing as we allow, is him changing us to not be who we used to be, but to be who he is, be like him, to be like him in every way. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and I think um, Joy said this today, and we all with unveiled face, continually seeing in, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image. It's a progressive thing. When we get saved, when we receive Jesus, it's an instantaneous thing that we are now in the kingdom, a child of God, we get to live forever. But there's a progressive part of him transforming us into his image, changing our nature. And it's a growing thing. It's like a, it's like a child when they're a baby. They're going to grow in height, in size, in ability. It's the same as a spiritual renewed being. We become born again. We're a baby. And we grow and progress and grow into someone that we never used to be before, which is a wonderful thing. Most things in life are progressive. And sometimes the religious spirit wants everything to be instantaneous. And there's so much pressure along with that. God doesn't add pressure. He gives love and helps us along the way as he progressively changes us from glory to glory, from day to day, from moment to moment, from year to year. He's changing us. So that when Jesus returns, my prayer and my desire and part of my goal is that we will all look more like him than ever before. That we would be like him in many, many ways, in every way. I wanna look like him, I wanna act like him, I wanna love like him. It's part of our goal. In the world, as we know, there's no acknowledgement of God. And that causes a big mess. You realize that, right? You take God out of anything, anything, it turns into a murky, deceptive mess. Once you take God out, then you take out design, you take out purpose for everything, you take out love that's selfless, and then all you have is a, a bunch of people doing what feels good and it's self-based everything, right? That's what happens. And so with us being born again, we want God involved in every part of our lives and we want his ways applied to our lives so our ways become his ways. Not only there's a blessing in it, but man, it pleases him. I wanna please him with my life. How do we follow his ways, know his ways? Clearly, we've got the scriptures. And in the scriptures, we have the best place to start and the place to end and everything in the beginning, and his name is Jesus, right? Who is the embodiment of God's ways in a man who is God, 
on the earth, showing us how to live. He's showing us how to live, how to be fully alive, how to treat other people, how to have a relationship with the Father. Jesus does all of those things. Plus, he says, I am the way. So the ways of God are Jesus. He is the way, and he shows us his ways that are above our ways, that are higher than our ways, and he shows us how to live. Like some of the things he said, um, to love our enemies. Everything that Jesus did in the ways of God are right side up. Everything in the world is upside down. So Jesus enters to show God's ways and what he's really like, and it, it goes contrary to everything going on in the world. And many times it's offensive. Many times it's offensive, highly offensive. And you see that as, we, as you read the Gospels and also through Paul's writings. You see that the ways of God are highly offensive to so many people. But man, we, we want to know his ways and, be, and push through any offense so that we apply the right things to us. God wants his ways in our culture and the culture that we have in the world is continuing to spiral downward, right? Related to the ways of God. Jesus wants us to walk contrary, differently, swimming upstream, not going with the flow of everything. And it's also part of this, of God's ways, and I've learned this over time because I wasn't born this way necessarily, my my human nature avoided all, well, as much confrontation and difficulty as possible. I don't know if you were born that way. Some people were born ready to fight. I wasn't born that way. I wasn't wanting to pick fights. I was wanting everything, everyone to get along. And I wanted to do the easiest way, the, mo- the least difficult path in everything, or most things, not everything. And I found as a believer that God's ways are usually the most difficult. So easy doesn't equal the presence of God. There is the presence of God in our lives, but sometimes we get taught or we assume that being a believer, a follower of Jesus means things are going to be easy. And that's just not the case. Part of the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus are doing the hard things and the difficult things and have experiencing suffering because of those things. I remember when I was in high school, um, I was a believer. I was the only one that I knew of in my class, maybe even my school. I'm sure there might've been others and I didn't know them. And so the guys who were popular, I can remember these conversations. I can still picture them in the locker room. And they committed to get me drunk and to that I would lose my virginity before we, lost, we, we graduated high school. They made it part of their goal and aim to, for me to experience those two things. And I was also then rejected from all the things going on that seemed fun. They didn't want me around because I was, you know, a wet blanket on every party, I guess of getting drunk and having sex. That just, so Matt didn't get invited. So I had a lot of times where I was alone. I didn't have a youth group in my church. I was just, I felt alone a lot. What I did though was I poured myself into hunting and fishing and photography and mountain climbing and those kind of things. 
and following the Lord to the best of my ability at that point. And even after high school, it was very similar. When I was in the government, uh, you know, I was the oddball because I wasn't still getting drunk yet or sleeping around. And so you lose friendships. There's a suffering in a sense of being rejected and what, you know, you can, it's, it can be easy to be offended. All of those things, there is a suffering in doing the right thing, right? There's suffering in doing things God's way. But there's a blessing that's even greater than that suffering in the middle of it. It's worth it in every single way. But it's not easy. God calls us to do difficult things. Uh, When he called David, gave him some responsibility over some sheep that weren't even his, and then a lion and a bear attacked those sheep that weren't his, instead of just letting a few be lost, to fangs, David stepped in there, laid his own life down, and confronted a lion and a bear. That's incredible to me. I mean, would you have done that? I can't say that I would have. He did, and then what that did was, though, that difficulty that he confronted head-on prepared something in his heart and soul to confront a giant. He then could look back when he saw a giant and go, look what God did in me when I didn't, um, I didn't ignore the responsibility that I had, but I laid my life down for these sheep. What will God do to this giant when I saw what he did to a, a lion and a bear? So it prepared him for the next victory. He was ready for the next victory by confronting the difficulty that was in his sphere. That lion and the bear wasn't just somewhere, he wasn't hunting them down. They came into his world trying to mess with him and his things. And so he dealt with that. He confronted that difficulty right there. I remember as a leader, uh, early on, I was in my 20s, working for a ministry And there was a guy that worked for me who wasn't doing his job. So I, being the nice guy, started to do his job and my job. Because I, he was twice my age, and I didn't, I was so concerned about confronting him. And then my boss, who Susie knows really well, my boss said, called me into his office. That was always a bad sign. And he said, can you open the Bible up to John chapter 10, Matt? Another bad sign. (laughs) And it's the story of the shepherd and the hireling. The shepherd sees the wolf and confronts it and deals with it to keep the sheep free that he's responsible for. The hireling sees the wolf, has discernment, but isn't willing to confront isn't willing to do the right thing, isn't willing to apply God's ways. And after I read this, he said, which one are you? Yikes. And I was in the hireling category at that point. So I needed to make a choice. Am I going to apply God's ways to my uncomfortability of being a nice person and not willing to confront anybody? Or am I just gonna continue to be that way and... Let the sheep get eaten. Let things happen that shouldn't be happening. 
And that applies in everything in life, especially if you have a family, you have children, you have a spouse, you have uh, maybe employees that work for you or you work. There are, there are spheres of authority that we've been given that God calls us to do difficult things, to apply his ways. And when we do it in the right spirit, I'm not saying do it in a wrong spirit, but when we step in there to confront and to do the right thing, man, there's a blessing that comes with it. God can entrust us with more. And we become more like Jesus, actually. Was Jesus confrontational? He was at the right time. Was he loving? Absolutely. Was he full of compassion? Yes. But there are moments where we have to do what is not necessarily in our nature automatically to do. And that is where I am submitting to the Holy Spirit to say, change me. I like to look at, well, I don't like to look at this, but when I look back at my wedding pictures with my wife and I, 26, almost 27 years ago, I feel like I'm an entirely different person than the man that my wife married. Now, I don't like who I was. And part of that is because I can see that I have allowed the Holy Spirit to change me in ways I couldn't change myself along the way. And I'm so glad but part of that changing meant I needed to do things that were uncomfortable for me to do. I needed to step out in certain ways. I needed to not let the enemy run over the top of certain things. I needed to stand up at right moments and say the right things and do the right things and live the right way. And it's like that in every area of our lives. Um, goodness, I'm gonna need to skip a lot of this. Um, several years ago, we had uh, invited, because of our work in Africa, we were working with this tribe of Maasai warriors in, from Tanzania. And some of you in this room were here when we invited them to come. I don't know if you guys remember that. We invited these nine Maasai tribesmen, men and women, to come to our church. And we were in the gym that Seth was talking about, and they sang for us. It was unbelievable. It was really amazing. And um, one of the ladies who was part of the singing group, by the way, none of these people had ever seen a toilet um, or a, I don't know if they've seen cars or not. They may have. But they certainly had never seen a shower or toilet, uh, a raised bed to sleep on, anything. In fact, they wouldn't sleep in a hotel. They slept on the grass at Camp Haynes. They were totally uncomfortable. And when we took them to someplace to get something to eat, they would not eat chicken unless it had a bone in it because they thought something's wrong with this thing. If it has no bones in it. <laughs> anyway, one of the ladies on the team, uh, one of our ladies was in the bathroom and she was in the bathroom and saw her, this African lady, with the faucet on and her head in the faucet or in the sink, just letting that water run over her head because she, her story, I'm getting really sidetracked, and with little time, I'm sorry. She collected water in Tanzania through a humongous hole that people had dug in the ground to there was this dirty mud puddle at the bottom. And she would take her donkey there with four big um, five-gallon buckets, two on each side, to that top of that water hole. Then she'd walk down the hole in, in, to get water. Well, one day when she did this, this is the very woman who was here, She's collecting the water, filling her bucket up, and she hears her donkey make really screaming noises, however a donkey screams. 
So she ran back up to the top, peeked over, and there was a lion eating her donkey. So this is a lady who was here at our church singing, letting water run over the top of her head. And when the leader of that group, the last day they were here, his name, his name was Maliki, I said to him, I said, tell me about your experience here in the States. Oh, you've been here. They're about to head back to Africa. I said, what stands out to you the most? And he said, the thing that stands out to me the most is that you are so comfortable that you don't do anything that's difficult. I thought that is so interesting observation that he made. Now, not necessarily true. We all do difficult things, just getting up in the morning sometimes. But the level of difficulty that he's talking about is a lot different than ours. Just to survive, just to live. Um, we don't, have you ever thought about a donkey, your donkey being eaten by a lion going to get water that's a few miles away from your house? No, it's a completely different level. But when he said that, I realized that we really are a culture that we do everything that we can to make things as easy as possible. And that can translate, unfortunately, sometimes to spiritual living and the ways of God and the ways of righteousness. You know, when God got taken out of not only schools, but in our country, when he gets taken out of any society, he gets taken out of marriage, then what happens to sex? Because God made sex. Yes, I'm going to talk about sex for a moment. Made that for a protected union, fully committed between two people, a man and a woman. And whenever, that's how God made it. And to be incredible and full of joy and procreative. And God has the best ideas related to that because it was his idea. I just recently did a wedding last week. And whenever I do a wedding, it's like, yes, because this is God's way of family. This is God's way of intimate relationship. This is God's way for sex to happen. It was his idea, but we take God out of it. Then the sex becomes for everybody, everywhere, anytime. Doesn't matter the genders, doesn't, it just turns into craziness. And then even instead of it being between two people in a closed environment where no one else is watching, sex now is on video for millions of people to watch. What in the world? It goes absolutely crazy and it hurts and destroys our souls. It hurts our physical relationships, excuse me, physical relationships, hurts marriages, if you have one, hurts the single life. It does damage when it's not in its right place the way God designed it. But when we apply his ways, then it's gonna be difficult because you wanna have sex before you get married. So there's a difficulty, there's a suffering in a sense of no, I'm going to wait because this is so special. This isn't just a biological exchange of bodily fluids. This is something beautiful and special and there's spirit attached to it and there's soul attached to it. It's not just body parts that is reserved by God for a union between two people committed to one another for the rest of their lives. Incredible. And then God can make it beautiful. Progressively, as it goes, it gets better. That's the way God made it. So I love doing marriages because it's one of the things around the world, particularly in Western civilization, marriage is on the decline. People aren't getting married anymore. Nearly as much. Some places can cut in half in the last few years. But it's one of God's ways 
of doing things. And of course, within marriage, just getting married doesn't make everything wonderful. There's a lot of work in there. God gives us other ways to cause it to be alive. You can come to the Lamb Marriage Workshop next week, actually, right? And I'm not joking. You can come to that. It'll be really helpful to strengthen your marriage. We're gonna spend three days going after this. But doing these difficult things are so, it's so worth it and important. Let me mention just a few things and we'll be done. Some of the things that God has given us to do that are difficult, but there's a blessing with it. I care more about what God thinks than what others think. And I want to be blessed and walk in his ways. And it applies to every person. Whether you're doing schoolwork, you're still in school, pushing through that most difficult subject, getting up early, exercising, doing your homework, things like that. Working hard. One of the things that also is in the world system is just hand out welfare, just give you things so you don't ever have to work. That is anti-kingdom. Do you realize that? The way God made it, he made us to, right at the very beginning, to cultivate, to work in a garden. And that is, it's important that we do. So working is important. As a single person, pressing into the Lord, letting him fill every place of loneliness and rejection from others because you're not doing things their way. The Lord will fill that spot and you can, he will show you how to apply self-control. One of the beautiful things of knowing God is having the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Galatians 5 says the fruit of that Holy Spirit on the inside of us, part of it is self-control. He will help us with self-control. And that's needed. We all need self-control because the world is selfish and it's, it's about no control over the flesh. Just let turn that baby loose. And that is, that's a mess. The Holy Spirit helps control our fleshly desires. Thank you, Lord. And he will do it. Here's a great prayer. Help God. Help Holy Spirit. You can pray that anytime. And he will help you, whether you're single or married. He will help. He is there to help. And then a married person choosing to love and prefer your, your spouse over yourself and over selfishness and choosing to forgive op- often. We all have to do that, whether we're married or not. And then in Romans 12, let me mention just a couple of things that are difficult but have great blessing reward. Romans 12 verse nine says, abhor evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Prefer each other. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. That means there's no jealousy. Whether it's worship leaders up here, whether it's us in our seats, whether it's seeing someone at your work who gets promoted and you don't, if we can rejoice with those who do well, then that's sometimes difficult. But there's blessing with that as well. Also, if we weep with those who weep, when someone is going through something difficult, that we would have empathy, we'd have compassion for them to weep with them. That's preferring others over ourselves. That's the ways of God. Never paying back evil for evil to anyone. Never take your own revenge. That can be difficult to not do. Have you ever been cut off in traffic? Small thing, but... Sometimes you just want to take your revenge in some ways. Not that you know how. 
But that's not the ways of God. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone, regardless of what it is. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the ways of God. Overcome evil with good. Do good things. If someone mistreats you, buy them a birthday cake and sing happy birthday to them, whatever it is. Do the opposite of what has just been done to you. Forgive them. That's the ways of God. Isn't that incredible? We have been forgiven, so we are enabled and empowered to forgive others for whatever has been done to us. That is a way of God, and man, it's needed in every single relationship, and we don't want to be those who avoid the difficult things and just run away from any type of conflict in relationships. Some of the most unhealthy people that I know are those who don't stay in any type of relationship, once they get the slightest bit offended, they just bolt. We don't want to be those type of people. Got to stay in there, forgive, communicate, find out what's going on. Find out maybe what you did wrong, perhaps. All difficult, but possible with God. So how about today? For you, for me, is the Holy Spirit mentioning anything to you in your heart, in your mind, of doing the difficult, confronting the thing that maybe you've ignored before or hoped would go away. The ways of God have a lot to do with pressing through the difficult things, whether it's a fear, could be a fear. There's some people who won't do things. I have a, a, a friend who will not get on an airplane. Doesn't matter, will not get on an airplane for fear of flying. And they are, they've missed out on a lot of things that they could participate in because of that. Now, that's just a small thing, but there are many, many other things that fear tries to keep you from doing the will of God, the purposes of God. Confront, whether it's a fear, whether it's a toxic relationship, whether it's something related sexually that is not right, that's immoral, that's outside the guidelines, or the way that God made this, confront that, ask God to forgive you, move forward, move forward. Do things God's ways, God's way. Apply the ways that he talks about to our lives. And we're held accountable to that, but we can all do it. Lord, I just ask that you'd help us today to apply your ways in every element of our lives. Thank you for these people, Lord, for their worshiping hearts, for their hearts of love for you. Lord, thank you that we are all on the same team together. We're all on the same journey of becoming more like you. Change us day by day into your image. We give you permission. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to continue your work, the mechanic of humanity, to go in and fix us and to help us and to uproot things and highlight things that you don't like so that we can get rid of them. Things that are banging around under the engine compartment, Lord, that are making a mess, Lord. Would you show us what that is so we can repent of it, we can change? Lord, if there's something we need to confront, our Lord, ask for courage to confront it. I ask for love, enough love to confront. May there be enough love in our hearts to, be, to do the right thing in every area. Lord, thank you for your empowerment by your spirit to do what we cannot do. Weak as we are in the flesh, you by your spirit can do what we cannot do, but we give you permission 
to do those things. Speak to our hearts and our minds and thank you, God, for the victory that we have in you, for the love that you have for us, and that we can live in that love. I bless these in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.